Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Georgia Focus. I'm John Clark on the Georgia News Network. Tony Evans from iHeartRadio is talking with some people from the Federal Trade Commission, the nation's consumer protection agency. Here's Tony's conversation. Welcome, everyone. I'm here with folks from the Federal Trade Commission, the nation's consumer protection agency, to talk about identity theft. Now, each year, the FTC gets more than a million reports of identity theft. That's a lot of people. But the fact is, only a fraction of people who experience identity theft report it. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about what identity theft is and how to spot, avoid, and report it. Here in the studio are experts from the Federal Trade Commission. Let's start with Terry Miller, a consumer education specialist in the Division of Consumer and Business Education. Hi, Tony. Thanks for having me. We also have Colin McDonald. He's an attorney in the FTC's Northwest Regional Office. Welcome, Colin. Thank you, Tony. Happy to be here. Terry, maybe you can start us off with a little context for our discussion today. What's the best way to define identity theft? Well, Tony, identity theft happens when someone uses your personal or your financial information without your permission. Uh, A thief might steal your name or your address, your credit card, your bank account, or your social security number, or even things like your Medicare or your health insurance number. And once they have that information, uh, they buy things. They open new credit cards or get a phone or utility account in your name. And some things even use your identity to do things like get a job steal your tax refund, or even get medical care. And some might even pretend to be you if they're arrested, which is really dangerous. So how do these scammers get our information in the first place? Unfortunately, there are a lot of ways that bad guys get our information. Maybe you've lost your wallet or your phone, or maybe one of your online accounts got hacked which gives bad guys access to your credit cards or your online banking account information. Maybe you found that your information was involved in a data breach or a scammer might even have impersonated someone that you trust, like your bank or your employer, and convinced you to give them that information. We see a lot of these impersonator scams and um, they've actually been the top fraud reported to the FTC over the past few years. Let's talk more about impersonators. What do these scams look like? Well, impersonators call, they email or they text you or they reach out through social media and their goal really is to get you to trust them so they can steal your money or your information. To do that, they'll pretend to be almost anyone, including a family member, and they'll tell you almost any story. So for example, 
we've probably all gotten an unexpected text or an email from what looks like Amazon or FedEx or the Postal Service. And they say that there's a problem that you need to click a link or to call a number to fix it. And then, of course, it's not from Amazon or FedEx or the Postal Service or whoever they said they were. And once you click that link or you call the number that they've given, the bad guys are on their way to getting your money. They're taking control of your phone or your computer or even stealing your identity. Scammers aren't just impersonating businesses, though, are they? Don't they sometimes pretend to be from the government? You're absolutely right. Um, they do pretend to be from the government, even the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, the scammers have used the names of real FTC employees, commissioners, and even uh, the director of the Bureau of Consumer Protection. There's no end to the stories that they tell. Um, so often government impersonators will threaten you though. So maybe they'll say that you're gonna be arrested or deported if you don't pay immediately, or they'll promise you something like a government grant for a fee. But as soon as someone tells you to pay up or to move your money, that's when you know it's a scam because nobody from the government will ever tell you to do that. We've been hearing for years about scams where someone pretends to be the IRS or Social Security or even, as you said, the FTC. How are scammers changing their approach lately? We've seen a new twist on what's happening with these impersonator scams. So typically it starts with a call with some kind of problem. So a suspicious credit card charge on your Amazon account, for example. Pretty quickly though, it turns into something serious where the caller says they just noticed that someone's using your information to commit a crime. And they'll say that your money's at risk uh, because the court wants to seize something, anything in your accounts. So they'll offer you to transfer your money uh, to someone who can help. And a lot of times that someone is a scammer who's pretending to be an FTC agent, and they'll say that they can help you to protect your money. Now, none of this is true. There's no suspicious charge. There's no serious crime. Your money's not at risk, and nobody from the FTC does anything like this. But scammers are convincing. And so we're hearing people who've lost their entire bank account or their retirement savings to a scammer thinking that they're actually protecting their money when they're not. Wow, that's terrible. When scammers are this convincing, what can we do to try to spot and stop this scam? Tony, the best thing we can do is to slow down. Scammers want to rush you, but it's important to know that time is your friend. So if someone calls and says that your money's at risk, stop. Check it out for yourself before you do anything. Get off the phone, call your bank or your credit card company, but make sure that you use a number that you know is right. Don't use the information that the caller gave you. Because people are losing so much money, let me be really, really straightforward with that advice right now. If someone tells you to move your money or liquidate your accounts to protect money, that's a scammer. If someone wants you to put money into gold bars or cash and hand it over, that's a scammer. And if someone tells you to keep a secret, you know that's going to be a scammer. So bottom line is this. If you get a call like this, stop. Talk to someone that you trust and 
check it out before you do anything with your hard-earned money. Colin, I recently saw a quiz online, the kind where you find out what house in Hogwarts you'd be in or what kind of saver you are. Is there anything to worry about with those? Those kinds of personality tests, surveys, or quizzes seem harmless enough. But your answers could give scammers the kind of information they need to crack the security questions on your accounts. For example, posting the name of the street you grew up on, your first pet's name, or your mother's maiden name is just more information that scammers could misuse. In fact, we've heard about scammers phishing for information like this through online quizzes. And once they have your quiz answers, they could use them to try and reset your bank or other accounts, locking you out and taking control of your money. Let's now talk about identity theft, a problem I know many people have experienced. Are there certain types of identity theft that are more common than others, or certain age groups who are more at risk than others? What are you seeing? Identity theft still tops the list of reports filed with the FTC. The most common form of identity theft people tell us about is when someone opens a new credit card or other accounts in your name. After that, it's when someone gets a business or personal loan in your name. When it comes to who's affected, we know that people ages 30 to 49 report the highest incidence of identity theft. In fact, that group accounts for more than half of all identity thefts filed at identitytheft.gov. But we know that identity theft can happen to anyone, so it's important to be vigilant and protect your personal information. Colin, what are some clues that someone stole my identity? Are there ways to tell? There are definitely signs that someone's using your information. For example, you might get a bill for an account you never opened, or maybe you spot withdrawals from your bank accounts that you didn't make, even charges on accounts for things you didn't buy. All of these are signs of possible identity theft. Also, if you see accounts on your credit report that you don't recognize, that could be a sign that your identity has been stolen, and you'd want to address that immediately. Remind us how people can check their credit reports. You can get a free copy of your report every week from each of the three credit bureaus, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax, at annualcreditreport.com. Checking your report regularly is a good way to see what's going on in your name. What steps can I take to protect against identity theft? Identity theft can happen to anyone, but you can lessen your risk by taking a few steps. First, keep personal records uh, with personal or financial information in a safe place, maybe under lock and key if possible. It's a good idea to be careful who you share your information with. Your social security number is very valuable to identity thieves, so don't share it with someone who calls you out of the blue. Now, it's true that some organizations like the IRS, your bank, your employer, uh, need your social security number to identify you, but none of them will call, email, or text you to ask for it. Only scammers will. Finally, don't forget about protecting your information online and on your phone. Using strong passwords and multi-factor authentication for any account that offers it will help protect your information online. Is there anything else I can do to help protect my identity? Placing a freeze on your credit report is another way to protect against identity theft. A credit freeze prevents anyone getting into your report. That means, while a freeze is in place, nobody can open a new credit account. 
If you need to do things like apply for new credit or a job, rent an apartment or buy insurance, you can temporarily lift the freeze and then put it back when you're done. It's free to get a credit freeze. All you need to do is contact each of the three credit bureaus, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax. You can find their contact information at identitytheft.gov. That's great advice. Terry, the FTC just put out a consumer alert about how scammers are using QR codes to steal your information. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Scammers are forever coming up with new ways to steal your information. And QR codes are just the latest. You might have scanned one of these to see a menu at a restaurant or to pay for public parking. And there's countless ways to use them from generating them on your phone to get into a concert or to board a flight. They can be really convenient, both for you and for the business that's using them. But sometimes scammers hide inside those QR codes that you run across in public. The scammy QR code could take you to a site that looks real but isn't. And if you use that spoof site to register or to pay, um, the scammer could use that information that you enter. And it could also put malware on your phone to steal your information. So how do we know which QR codes are okay to use and which aren't? Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That's a great question. I'd suggest inspecting the URL before you open it, especially if you see it in an unexpected place. Look for misspellings or a switched letter in the URL. You also want to be wary of a QR code and an email or a text message that you weren't expecting, especially if the messages urge you to act immediately. Gamers like to use a sense of urgency, hoping that you'll act before you have time to think. So when in doubt, use a phone number or a website that you know is real to contact the company directly and check it out. Now that we know how identity theft happens and some ways to protect against it, let's talk about how to report it. To report identity theft, the best place to start is identitytheft.gov, the FTC's one-stop resource to help people start their recovery. When you report to identitytheft.gov, you're telling law enforcement what happened, and you also get a step-by-step -step instruction plan on how to recover from any type of identity theft. To make your report, all you have to do is go online, answer some questions, and tell us as much as you can about your experience. In English, that's identitytheft.gov, and in Spanish, you can report at robodeidentidad.gov. It's also easy to report in other languages, too, if you're more comfortable than in English or Spanish. To report identity theft in another language, call 877 Four three eight, four three three eight. I want to repeat that. It's eight seven seven, four three eight, 
4338. Then press 3 to choose your language and connect with an interpreter who will help take your report. Phone lines are open between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern Time. This is great information. I learned a lot, and I think our listeners did too. Terry, in closing, is there anything more you'd like to share? Thanks, Tony. To learn more about how to spot and avoid and report identity theft, visit ftc.gov slash idtheft. I hope you'll find the information there that you can share with your friends and your family who might appreciate knowing about the latest ways thieves are trying to steal your identity. And if you know people who'd like to learn more about identity theft and scams in many languages, check out ftc.gov languages. That's where you'll find free resources in a dozen languages from Amharic to Vietnamese. Terry, we talked about some of the tactics scammers use to steal your information. How can people keep up with the latest scams? That's easy. Just sign up for the FTC's free alerts at ftc.gov slash consumer alerts. They'll help you know what scammers are up to, and we hope you'll spread the word. Um, both the research and experience say that talking about a scam helps you to avoid it, but it also helps people you care about avoid the scam too. So it's good for you and it's good for them. Terry and Colin, this has been a great conversation. I've learned a lot and I think our listeners have too. And to our listeners, thanks for tuning in. And remember, you can learn more about how to spot, avoid, and report identity theft at ftc.gov slash idtheft. That's Tony Evans from iHeartRadio, talking with people from the Federal Trade Commission. Families dealing with Alzheimer's can help their loved ones with dementia from the potential dangers of wandering in cold weather, refrigerated temperatures, snow, and ice, create additional safety risks. The Alzheimer's Foundation of America is providing tips for family givers that can reduce the chances of wandering and be prepared quickly in an emergency. To pass along some of this information is Jennifer Reeder. She's Director of Educational and Social Services for the Alzheimer's Foundation of America. With this being wintertime, wintertime is a time when older people and people with Alzheimer's go missing. Why is that? Well, I think, you know, people who have, who have Alzheimer's disease, uh, you know, and anyone, we all need stimulation throughout the day, uh, physical stimulation, social stimulation, mental stimulation. And I think, you know, many people have less of that stimulation because it's not as easy to be outside for longer periods of time. And, and so I think, you know, families have that responsibility then to be able to find other ways for their loved one to maintain that stimulation and, and get the, the physical activity that they need. And that can be really difficult uh, for families, especially if they're juggling and balancing mm -hmm. other aspects of their lives. Yeah, they can't, they can't be there all the time. So the person, right, the right. person may wonder then, find themselves getting out of the house or wherever they are and wondering, is that, is that what happens? Yeah, exactly. Because if an individual enjoys being outside, going for walks, uh, you know, if the disease has progressed to a point where the person isn't able to identify when they are cold uh, or that the fact that it is cold outside and that they need to wear a coat, uh, the person might not be thinking as, as, as forward about what it is that they need to be doing to prepare to go outside. So, you know, people may may want to go outside, just be able to go for a walk, uh, 
uh, and then but forget to put that coat on. Uh, and also, you know, as we know, as the disease is progressing, people can get disoriented and confused much more easily, uh, which can result in a person getting lost when they do go outside. What are some of the ways that you're recommending that uh, that families use to to prevent prevent this? Well, we you know we always want to understand what the cause of the the wandering is, mm-hmm. uh, and we want to remember that. Although we may see it as wandering, the individual themselves, they have a sense of purpose. You know, there is a goal that they're attempting to achieve. So we want to learn about what that is. Are they seeking something? Are they seeking a person? Uh, Is it that they're just trying to engage in the activity they've always enjoyed, which is going outside and going for a walk? So, you know, we first want to understand what the root causes of that behavior uh, and, and then we want to be looking at safeguarding the home, too. So if, if, if somebody has left the home and they really do need to be supervised when they go outside, you know, we want to be thinking about uh, you know, alarms or, you know, anything that's going to alert the family member that the individual has left the home. Uh, and, and if the person has left the home, we want to be sure that we can find them as soon as possible. Yes. So we want to be thinking about GPS devices or the, the program that we were just talking about, about uh, Project Lifesaver, mm-hmm. so, that, so that if the person does leave, we can find them as soon as possible. You know, we also want to be thinking, too, about, about ways that we can create movement within the home, too, so that maybe the person won't be searching to go outside. Uh, so are there walking paths or different kind of circular loops that we can create within the home so the person is able to move about? And so we want to be looking at clutter. We want to be sure that there aren't tripping hazards on the floor and just making sure that the per- person can move around safely. Um, and then we also want to be looking at patterns, too. So if the person appears to be attempting to leave the home at a certain time of day, uh, you know, we want to think about what that means. You know, if the person is trying to leave the home, let's say, every day at 3 o'clock, mm-hmm. it, it may be because they're, they're exercising a past routine that they used to do, which is go and pick the kids up from school at 3 o'clock every day. So it's always good for, for family members to really be journaling and really be monitoring and thinking about, okay, do I see a pattern? When is this happening? Because if we, if we can foresee that the individual may be attempting to leave the home at 3 o'clock, we can then address that before it even happens. What about for personal care homes and, and facilities like that? Do you, do you do the same thing for them? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we want to be thinking about uh, different types of activities that the person enjoys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's always got to be the person's preferred choice. So we have to be right. thinking about... What does the person enjoy, enjoy engaging in? Uh, and, and making sure that we can create those moments for the person to be able to engage in what, they, what it is they want to do. Uh, so, you know, we want to look at hallways, too. It's like we've, studies have found that uh, linear hallways can cause difficulty with wayfinding. So if, if there are blank hallways in a long-term care setting, we want to think about putting pictures. We want to think about putting photographs up on the walls 
uh, anything that's going to help the person be able to make their way down that hallway right. much more easily. So if there's a dining hall at the end of the hallway, we want to think about putting pictures of food up on the, the walls so they have an idea as to where it is that they're headed. If they go missing, when should you call the police? You know, I think that it's, we've, they're, they're, sometimes people think that, that we need to be first looking for the person yeah. and then calling. Yeah. Uh, the authorities, but I think it's good to call the authorities right away. But what we really need to do is know what to report to the authorities. We need to tell them that the person has dementia, they have Alzheimer's disease, uh, because the person may be agitated and possibly even aggressive because they may, they may recognize that they're lost and they're fearful. So we want to be sure that if we are calling the authorities, that they are prepared and ready to appropriately approach the person in a way that is safe, a way that feels safe uh, for the individual. The Alzheimer's Foundation of America, you have a hotline. What is that number? So we have, yes, we have a helpline that's staffed by all licensed social workers. Uh, thoroughly trained in dementia care. So our helpline is open seven days a week, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Time, and the number is 866-232-8484. 866-232-8484. Are you noticing this growing, happening more now? Uh, you know, I think it, it can happen more when when individuals have yeah. to stay inside more often. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when it's beautiful outside and people are able to to walk around, uh, they're you know they're they're less inclined then yeah. to to leave the care setting or wherever it is that they may be um, because they're receiving that stimulation throughout the day. Yeah. yeah. So it's important to to. to to know what they're doing and, and find out who they are and, and find out about them so you can help them if they should should go missing. You should help them out. Right. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, thank you so You're much. Welcome. And what is what the uh, website that you look for in the event of you need information on you guys? So our website is www.alzfdn.org. That's Jennifer Reeder. Director of Educational and Social Services for the Alzheimer's Foundation of America. If you have questions or comments about today's program, you can email me, John Clark at georgianewsnetwork.com. I'll talk to you next week right here on your local radio station for Georgia Focus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.